Greetings in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus again this morning. It's good to see all of you. And I appreciate it. Um, appreciated the things that we've been privileged to hear so far. Thankful for those wings that God gives us in times of need. God cares for us as much as he cares for the eagle. And at times gives us um, strength that is far beyond our own, right? You've been there. You experienced that. Hope you have at some point in your life. <clears throat> the faithfulness of God. Maybe if you're able, just stand with me and we will have a brief time of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for all assembled here today. Thank you for the freedom and opportunity we do have to gather and uh, be encouraged, exhorted, challenged from your word, from your heart. Thank you for your care for us and the many uh, ways you attempt to communicate that care to us. Thank you for that, Lord, using these very... Uh, real illustrations of eagles and and similar uh, things that we find in the scriptures. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you for the strength we can draw from those kind of examples. And again, Father, as we give a little bit of time to another, just a very small portion of your word, we ask a blessing on this part of the service, ask you to be present here with us, ask you to make these few words useful and meaningful in our lives, each of us, Lord. So, Father, we commit this uh, time to you. Also, Lord, we want to say thank you for healing and bringing uh healing to those in Tanzania, especially we do continue to pray for those who are quite sick, that recovery would continue, and uh, Lord, you would be with all there, and uh, strengthen them and raise them up. Father, just again commit each one to you in the precious name of Jesus, amen. <clears throat> All right, so this morning, um, back to um, speaking on the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5.22, and today uh, we are, maybe I'll just uh, read, read the verse first. Um, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. There would be more context that we could give, but um, today we're actually uh, on the subject of long-suffering, a subject that... um, The word shows up a few times in the scripture. Um, I found it maybe a little more challenging to flesh out a whole message on this word. But uh, I did uh, attempt to do that. The word long-suffering. There's a verse in... Actually, two verses. I'll read them now, and we'll refer to these a few times uh, going through the message. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. These are Paul's words to the believers in that church at Colossae. He says, That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So I've chosen to title, use that phrase there as the title for the message, long-suffering with joyfulness. I think we were uh, uh, actually... Some of the things we've heard already this morning have given some indication to that as well. Um, So let's start by defining uh, what the word means. And the dictionary gives us this definition for long-suffering. In the adjective form, it says it this way, Enduring trouble, pain, or injury long and patiently. And the noun form just changes the posture a little bit. Long and patient endurance of trouble, pain, or injury. Some thoughts that vines uh, found in vines. Long-suffering is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation, which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. It is the opposite of anger, and it is associated with mercy. And sometimes we might, uh, we might, uh, the word long-suffering is not a word that we use as frequently, at least I don't. We would probably, and maybe even don't think of it so much, we would probably tend to think of and use the word patience or being patient and that kind of a thing. The words are similar, but uh, and the meanings are similar, but uh, there is a slight, there is a just a bit of a difference, and I'll try to uh, try to posture or try to help us uh, understand that. So we we looked at long suffering, long suffering, and I'll just read that again. Long suffering is that quality of self restraint in the face of provocation, which does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. 
And then patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. It is the opposite of despondency and is associated with hope. So it might be good to take a little bit of time to just think through those uh, two a little bit. Uh, you have long-suffering. Uh, maybe we could say it this way. Long-suffering bears long with. Patience bears up under. Long-suffering bears long with. Patience bears up under the load. A little bit different. Um, Long-suffering is that quality of restraint, self-restraint in the face of provocation, in the face of something that would tend to irritate you, irk you, anger you, frustrate you, hit your switch, whatever that switch is. Uh, Long-suffering is that quality that in the face of that, you do not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. While patience is that quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. And I think the idea of surrendering to circumstances is that tough circumstances come and rather than throwing in the towel and saying, I'm done, patience endures and holds you up through it. Uh, so the, those two words, uh, long-suffering and patience, kind of the difference between them. As I was studying this, I thought, okay, so we have those kind of two different uh, uh, concepts of these two words. Would long-suffering have to do with how we relate to people and the challenges that might come up in that front? While patience have to do with how we relate to circumstances and things that come up in that front? Just kind of throwing it out as a question. Not really saying it is actually 100% that way, and I don't think you could actually cut the lines black and white. But I think there might be some tendencies that long-suffering, its quality relates, or, or it, it uh, might um, engage or be necessary to engage as it relates to our uh, interactions and, and uh, such with people while patience might have more to do with how we relate to the circumstances of life and situations. For example, uh, I think everyone for the last couple of weeks has been wishing for rain. Likely so. It's dry out there. We've had the driest May, I think, perhaps on record, I'm not totally sure, but for a long time. That's a circumstance. And it's a circumstance that we can't change. So we have to bear patiently that circumstance. Um, anyhow. All right. So, 
long suffering with joyfulness. Well, first off, here as we go on, uh, we've kind of looked at the words and looked at the difference between long suffering and patience. Um, let's just take a little bit of time and look at God, since He is the uh, number one uh, example that we should consider. You can turn in your Bibles to Exodus 34. And we'll be looking at verse 6 primarily. Uh, and this is, uh, this is where uh, God reveals himself to Moses to a point. Uh, And God says this, maybe I'll begin in verse uh, 5 here. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, stood with Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And this is what uh, God said. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Uh, I'll just stop there. It's not the end of the sentence. But uh, as God describes himself to Moses, he uses the word long-suffering as one of the descriptions that uh, he gives of himself. Long-suffering. In Numbers... If you just turn over to book of Numbers, chapter 14. Verse 18. Now this context is when... uh, the uh, twelve spies return from Canaan, and uh, two of them were de- were of faith and said we could go in, and, and uh, uh, ten of them said they couldn't. And uh, this is the context in which uh, we're looking at here. And God, in response to their faithlessness, says he's going to destroy them. And then we have in verse uh, 18 of chapter 14 of Numbers, we have Moses actually repeating back to God exactly almost word for word what God had told Moses when he described himself. The Lord, in verse 18, the Lord, uh, uh, let me, let me back up just a little bit. Verse 17, and now I beseech ye, let the power of my Lord be great according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation. And, of course, Moses goes on, Pardon, I beseech thee the iniquity of this people according unto thy great mercy, unto the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people from now, from Egypt, even until now. And so uh, uh, Moses actually, uh, like I said, repeats back to God what God had said about himself. Reminds God about who he is. So God is long-suffering. Psalm 86 verse 15 says this, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. That's uh, some of the Old Testament context. We have uh, some New Testament context as well. Second, uh, let's see, Second Peter. Second Peter chapter two. No, Second Peter chapter three, verses three to nine. And I just re- I'm reading some of this to give us a context of what Peter says, uh, beginning in verse three of chapter three of Second Peter. Knowing this first that. There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. Now, Peter is uh, starting to, he's he's, uh, addressing, he's been giving some uh, some history context, and now he's addressing the believers. He says, but, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So there we have the word or the description that God is long-suffering, long-suffering to usward. Not only was He long-suffering in the Old Testament, He's long-suffering to us today. And for the simple, uh, uh, for this reason simply that he's not willing that people would perish, but that they would come to repentance. And and therefore, he's long-suffering. Therefore, he waits, he bears long with uh, their iniquities and sins. So, God is long-suffering toward humanity uh, with a desire that more would come to repentance, would come to faith in Christ. And uh, if we 
Maybe just continue reading in verse 10 there. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our brother Paul, beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. And I think I'll stop there. But here Peter says an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Basically, um, basically telling us that, you know, we might, um, we might be tempted to, uh, get impatient with God while we see the wickedness of humanity continuing and uh, we might be tempted to get impatient with God but he says basically telling us that uh, for, first off he, he reminds us that these things will happen and in the meantime account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation in other words this is how you should look at this interim of time uh, irregardless of how uh, uh, many scoffers there are, how uh, uh, off track humanity uh, goes, this, uh, uh, we are to look at it as this interim of time uh, will result, this long suffering of God with humanity will result in salvation of souls. It's basically the way I understand that. Uh, the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. That I, I honestly, I feel that if the the condition of humanity came to the point where it could be said that things are now so bad that there's not going to be any more souls responding to Christ, I think the end would. Uh, I don't think time would continue. I think, in fact, I think it would end before we get to that point. Uh, can it actually come to such a point? I don't know. Um, the Bible describes uh, will the gospel and its effect on humanity uh, lose out um, ever to uh, to the point where there's not enough of light and gospel truth around anymore for people to be able to hear and respond to? Um, that's a good question. I I don't know, but if you look at the at the uh, the rate of degeneration of humanity and where it's going and has been going, you almost you almost think it could get there eventually. I don't know. Um, anyhow, the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. So anyhow, what what, we're, what are we looking at here? We're looking at the fact that God is long suffering, uh, and is long suffering toward us, and obviously He is our example, uh, our first primary example, when we want to understand how to relate to life, we study Him. 
right? We study God. We study Christ. We study... Uh, so, moving on. Uh, let's take just a brief look at Paul's testimony of long-suffering uh, in his life in First Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Just kind of dropping into Paul's testimony. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first... Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them that should, which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. So Paul, um, this is his testimony that uh, the Lord had mercy on him and that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. So Paul looked at his life as being uh, basically being called to show believers how a Christian should live. <laughs> and, and obviously we know that Paul's life was surrounded with suffering and Paul, you know, uh, Paul's response is what is what uh, long-suffering is describing his response to the suffering. It's not describing the suffering. Uh, but we know that he had uh, uh, almost continual opportunity to exercise the fruit of long-suffering in the situations he found himself in. So he's, a, he's an example to us. Most of us are... Well, let's, uh, let, me, let me read uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 10. Verse uh, 10 and 11. 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. But thou hast known, thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Uh, so again, Paul's testimony and uh, his manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Um, most of us are, uh, to some point, familiar with some of the different stories of, of uh, what Paul experienced. And uh, and and we understand that what Paul is saying when he says this, it's actually very true. He did suffer a lot. So Paul says that the Lord called him for the purpose of being an example for the believers that follow him. Are we are we some of those believers? Um, there in. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So are we called 
to be long-suffering like Paul was. Is that what Paul is saying there um, in verse 16? That he was a pattern to show us how we should how we should live, how we should respond. Is it an expectation that Christians will live in situations and circumstances where they need to exercise the fruit of long-suffering, bearing up long under less than desirable conditions at times, circumstances, situations? First uh, Thessalonians 3, verse 3 and 4, Paul says this, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that you were appointed thereunto. Um, appointed thereunto. Suppose, suppose when we gave um, evangelistic messages, rather than inviting people to this beautiful peace with Jesus, your sins forgiven, uh, a new life, suppose we invited them to tribulations and struggles and trials where you have to bear patiently and endure long-suffering. Suppose we invited them to something like that. Isn't that what he's saying here? You were appointed thereunto. (laughs) Don't be moved by these afflictions for yourselves. Know that we are appointed thereunto. This is our calling. We have it pretty easily, don't we, in our culture, in our world at this time. We recognize that that could change and is changing. He continues in that context, says, For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulations, even as it came to pass, and ye know. So let's remind ourselves or let's uh, consider again, long-suffering is that quality of restraint in the face of provocation which does not easily, not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. It's the opposite of anger and it's associated with mercy. So that's the example that Paul sets for us and, uh, and pretty, pretty well points out that that's the calling. That's what we are called to. We are called to um, exercise long-suffering in our own lives and experience. This is the pattern that he has set for us. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 fit in very well here. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Um, Several things to think about there. One is that uh, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, that uh, definitely um, points to our relationships and our interactions with people on various fronts. And we'll look at that a bit just a bit more uh, a little later. And also, um, 
He says here that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, and then he describes what that walking worthy looks like. Um, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So long suffering seems to be an earmark of one who walks worthy of Christ and his kingdom. According to that scripture there in Ephesians. Long-suffering, being one who is long-suffering, is an earmark of uh, one who is walking worthy of Christ and his kingdom. But then uh, let's go back to the title and to that scripture there in Colossians where uh, it's said to walk uh, or or long-suffering with joyfulness. Um, Maybe I'll just read it again, Colossians 1, 10 and 11, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, and notice that same idea that we had in Ephesians, walking worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Maybe we could uh, stop there for a bit. Being fruitful, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So we are walking worthy of the Lord, being fruitful, in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. You know, it's a blessing that um, we don't have to um, live life only, uh, our Christian life, only to the capacity that we personally have. We have a strength and a help that can take us... uh, much further than we could ever do ourselves in our own. So strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power. So we're uh, we're not needing to do it on our own, just in our own abilities, but we have His strength, His might, His power to help us. And uh, the result of His strength and His power is, as it follows here, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So, basically the, the end of the equation, uh, or the end of the, uh, uh, not equation, but the, uh, the, the end is simply that, uh, with his spirit and power, the result is, uh, the, uh, the, uh, ability to walk in patience and in long-sufferingness, as the scripture gives it here. Uh, the result of his power. Unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So bearing long, bearing long with, and being joyful all the while. Does that sound like something that you uh, enjoy doing? Bearing long with and being joyful all the while. Long-suffering with joyfulness. Um, so that's the call. And basically has to do with uh, the joyfulness part. Basically has to do with what for attitude uh, we will approach this in. And I, uh, I suspect we don't always win every time when it comes to uh, long-suffering with joyfulness. In other words, long-suffering, uh, not even without grumbling, 
not even without uh, pouting, but long-suffering with joyfulness and, and, and the other side of that equation. Uh, but that is what the Spirit of God wants to help us with and to work in our lives and our experience. Maybe we could spend just a little bit of uh, brief time here thinking about, and I suspect your mind has probably gone there already, some of the uh, examples of where in real life we might face these kind of things. Uh, You know, we are not real frequently taunted for our faith, uh, persecuted for our faith, or... Uh, even uh, resist it for our faith. Um, it's not, uh, yeah, you're generally respected, not, uh, I mean, the climate that is changing, but generally still respected. So we don't face a lot of needing to be long-suffering with people uh, because they're taunting us, they're, they're, uh, uh, making life hard for us. They're destroying our goods. They're taking advantage of us because of our faith. It's not, uh, it's not a huge issue uh, in our experience at this point. Probably where we face it uh, more uh, and is more relevant is actually on the everyday living where just simply the normal um, differences among us, between us, that we experience and face. You know, we could start just simply with us as couples. You know, uh, you have to exercise a measure of long-suffering in your relationship as a couple. Did you know that? (laughs) Maybe young people, if you're looking to get married and you didn't realize that long-suffering has to be a part of that equation, maybe you better rethink it, (laughs) because it does. You know... um, and and the this the 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 things that we point out in one relationship basically carry across the board of relationships we are as human beings we are different we're not all the same we don't all think the same way we don't all process life the same way we don't all emphasize the same things in life. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it, you know, you could, we could make quite a list of the different things that our, each of us in our personality, um, our strengths and our weaknesses. And if I were to list, you know, just choose three brothers and list their personal strength, who they, they, they as a person, what they represent, what they are, each one of them would have a list of strengths, each one of them would have a list of weaknesses. I have them, my wife has them, I'm just going to be honest. She's embarrassed, maybe upset. (laughs) No, Uh, we know those things. And it's on that front that we probably face uh, the greater uh, need to exercise long-suffering. And like Ephesians says there, See if I can still find that verse. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's on that front. Whether it's, <clears throat> whether it's, uh, uh, in our homes, whether it's even parents to siblings or even among siblings, 
um, it's just it's 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 where close relationships are developed or are attempted to be developed is where you'll find the need for the, uh, in fact if long suffering is not a part of your um, vocabulary your posture your heart why uh, you'll you'll run into a few bumps in attempting close relationships. Um, Could be co-workers, could be clients that you have in your business, customers, could be your neighbors, could be your fellow church members, could be your government. You know, we, I think we all were tested a bit uh, with the COVID thing in our uh, long suffering with our government folks. You know, they weren't out persecuting us for our faith. So, you know, if they would have uh, been uh, persecuting us for our faith, there would have been a certain um, joy in that. You know? But it wasn't that. They were just telling us to stay home. They were telling us to stop doing our business. They were telling us to, you know... um, and we didn't always think that their evaluation of things was actually that wise. So we probably had a little bit of uh, difficulty. We were tested. We were tested without question. Um, not sure how we passed. But anyway, just an example. Think about it. Uh, think about the... Uh, the folks in, in both Russia and Ukraine, think about where they find themselves right now and have for the last over a year now as their governments f- fight it out. And um, everyone is suffering under it. Think about their calling to be long-suffering and the need to be long-suffering. And the, um, yeah, the challenge that would be um, to exercise uh, long-suffering in that situation and to do it with joyfulness. All right, I would like to go to Romans chapter 5 and uh, draw some concluding thoughts. Maybe I'll just read Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So, in this scripture, um, first off he talks about... uh, Rejoicing in hope of the glory of God, which is worth rejoicing in. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also. 
Is that another way of saying we are long-suffering with joyfulness? We glory in tribulation. We are long-suffering with joyfulness. Is that what he's saying? I think it probably is. It's another way of saying the same thing. We glory in tribulation. We are long-suffering. And, of course, he gives the reasons for it. The... uh, knowing what tribulation does in our lives and the uh, patience that it works and that out of that patience experience and experience hope and all of that uh, that we have there. Another scripture, uh, James says it this way in James 1, 2-4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Same idea, actually. Uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse, diverse temptations. When you fall into various tests, when you come upon many tests in life. Count it all joy. Uh, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. It's just saying the same thing that we have in Romans in just a little bit different words. Um, But notice that uh, joy is very much a part of these scriptures also. Uh, Romans and James uh, counted all joy, uh, glory and tribulation, Long-suffering with joyfulness. Well, that is a little bit of a a rundown of that subject. Um, I suspect all of us have been exercising it to some point or another. And I suspect we will have opportunity in the future to exercise it. And I trust that we will uh, value it. When the need comes, whether it's just with our spouse or our parents or our children or our neighbor or a client or whether it's with our government or, yeah, whatever the case might be, that we will embrace the privilege to be long-suffering with joyfulness. Let's kneel together, if you're able, and close with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we again quiet our hearts before you this moment. Thank you. Thank you for Scripture and the uh, truths that you expound on there and the truths that you cause to. Thank you for the examples of Paul and even others. If we would stop and think through characters in the Scripture, Father, we would think of Others who have have exemplified this characteristic of, of being long-suffering, and we thank you for those uh, examples. Bless us in our journey with continued grace to walk with you, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have called us, to uh, show forth uh, all long-suffering with joyfulness to the... Uh, to those around us and to the world around us, Father.
So continue, Lord, to lead us on, each of us in our journey, to be uh, to grow in grace and to be faithful, uh, day in day out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the freedom to gather and worship. Pray a blessing on all who gather uh, this day in various places throughout the world. Bless and uh, bless the preaching and teaching of your word, and uh, bless those who hear. That it may be life uh, changing and uh, and maybe uh, that truth may be appreciated yet in our day and uh, people may follow you with their whole heart. So again, we say thank you, Lord. Bless us, Father, as we continue to walk with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.